What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is Monday. It is the Three Martini Lunch. We have good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today. And Jim, we made it through the weekend, but we also have a lot of news to talk about. And fortunately, it's not all bad, although the bad news is pretty bad. So let's uh, talk about the good news, first of all. Yesterday, the president held a fairly lengthy briefing in the Rose Garden to talk about some updates and answer questions. The most important news, of course, came in the updates. And let's start with the good news, where the president had a number of things to say. First of all, the FDA has given the green light for chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine to be used as an actual treatment. It's not off-label anymore. So those governors, uh, I think, can be overruled now in Michigan and Nevada and some other places. Uh, The other big news is you don't have to wait days, maybe even a week for a test result now. It's going to come in a matter of minutes, thanks to Abbott Labs. It's a five-minute test. And here is John Hackett Jr. of Abbott Laboratories explaining why this is a game changer. Another important tool for combating the spread of this virus is to have tests that are where the patients are. And we refer to these as point-of-care tests. The Abbott ID Now is a perfect example of this type of test, which can rapidly produce results and can be positioned wherever you need it. So it could be in doctor's offices, could be in a hospital, could be at other settings externally. It's a highly mobile platform again, that produces very reliable results in a very short period of time. Now we're talking minutes rather than hours or days to get the patient result. And Jim, just today, Johnson & Johnson announcing it's planning to actually use uh, clinical trials of vaccines on patients as early as September and hoping that a vaccine could be available as early as January. I know that seems like a long time, but when we were just talking about 12 to 18 months for a vaccine, that's actually moving at the speed of light in that world. So uh, we got plenty of bad news to talk about in a little bit, but these are really important developments. Yeah, uh, Greg, you know, when I saw the headline, Abbott to ship portable five-minute coronavirus tests nationwide, my first thought was, man, does Texas have a great governor? (laughs) But it's not Greg Abbott. It's the medical company, uh, Abbott. But nonetheless, this still sounds, you know, if not quite miraculous than a than a just an unbelievable step in the right direction. They think they're wrapping up production with plans to deliver 50,000 tests per day starting next week. Um, this is a company that has already done the quick strep throat tests and flu tests in physicians' offices. So these are folks who know what they're doing. They are not, you know, this is not some crazy pie in the sky, you know, new concept. Uh, it's a small device, about seven pounds, about the size of a toaster oven. So it's not like it's going to have to bring in these, you know, giant machines that need to every hospital and doctor's office and things like that. Um, I think it was Scott Gottlieb. I'm not sure, but some basically people who are following this very closely and who are not the types of people who get excited over every little bit of good news, we're calling this a game changer. And so I think this is a a good indicator that this is not being overstated. This is not being overhyped. This is a very significant deal. Because if you can figure out, uh, you know, who's got the the virus quickly, it makes it much easier to figure out who to self-quarantine and request quarantines of. 
Um, just kind of a contrary example of this, uh, Peggy Noonan, one of my all-time favorite columnists, uh, wrote that she had been feeling very bad, uh, feeling very under the weather, and so she had a coronavirus test as of her deadline of last weekend, which I'm guessing would probably be either a Thursday or a Friday. She had not heard back, and I think they're in the neighborhood of like nine days. Now, if you're self-quarantining, I guess a test that tells you positive or negative is probably going to be helpful. Um, for people who maybe aren't self-quarantining so strictly, maybe this isn't going to be so helpful because sometime within that nine-day period, maybe you picked it up. Um, so the more information, the better. And this really does seem like a good uh, uh, challenge. And of course, the FDA approval on this potential, you know, I don't know whether we'd call it a drug cocktail or combination of drugs. Uh, further good news, I, I think because people have different you know, physiologies, some people, some patients are probably going to find this treatment very effective. Some people may not. If this was a silver bullet that could stop the COVID-19 coronavirus in its tracks, terrific. I don't think that's quite the case. It doesn't sound like the anecdotal evidence is that good, but there are some people who are seeing significant results of this. And at this point, Greg, I will take it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mean the drug. I mean, I'll take the good news. <laughs> Exactly. And Jim, this is, this is good news. I mean, uh, it's yet to be seen if we'll even have football in the fall. And if we do, how good the Jets will be. But if Johnson & Johnson pulls this off, they could save a lot of lives. And uh, I believe even you would admit that's more important than having the Jets uh, have a really good season. Oh, look, I think this is far and away the most significant uh, development of anything that's happened under Woody Johnson or Chris Johnson. Uh, in the last couple of years, but admittedly, that's not a huge high bar to clear. All right. One more bit of good news, Andy, and that is the fantastic deals you can find at 4 slash martini, including their signature offer right now, a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. And of course, free shipping on all orders over $97. You want to be prepared. You don't want to get caught unprepared when your power goes out. It's going to happen eventually. It's just a question of whether you're in the dark for a few minutes, a few hours, or maybe even a few days or more. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X, worth its weight in gold. It's now got double the capacity, and it'll keep your big appliances running, including your fridge, which is full of food that just keeps getting more and more expensive. It's got 12 outlets, including 4AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than normal. So visit 4patriots.com slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini. Jim, uh, let's talk about the bad news, though, because there was some of that in the Rose Garden as well, and you let off the morning jolt with that today. Uh, here's what the president had to say. Remember, of course, he was hoping to get the economy uh, up and revving again by Easter. That's not going to happen. Here's what he had to say about how long these restrictions stay in place. The modeling estimates that the peak in death rate is likely to hit in two weeks. So I'll say it again. The peak, the highest point of death rates, remember this, is likely to hit in two weeks. Nothing would be worse than declaring victory before the victory is won. That would be the greatest loss of all. Therefore, we will be extending our guidelines to April 30th to slow the spread. So there you go, Jim. We're in this mode until at least April 30th. I wouldn't be shocked if we go farther than that. And of course, the sobering news there that we haven't reached the peak yet. He thinks that will happen around Easter, and then hopefully we'll be uh, ebbing enough to uh, ease some things 
by the end of uh, April and into early May. So uh, we're not at the worst of it yet. That's not exactly encouraging news. And hopefully we can get this under control in the next month. But there's going to be a lot of pain between now and then. Yeah. Look, I write the morning jolt every day knowing that it goes out to actually a surprisingly high number of people. We're talking talking high six figures, maybe seven figures. But a lot of people are saying, you know, Jim, you're, you're keeping me sane during this. You know, you're, you're trying to call it as you see it. You're not overhyping the good news. You're not trying to put doomsday scenarios. And I feel a certain sense of responsibility of trying to, trying to keep readers' spirits up. I don't like giving people bad news. I will never give you the news worse than I, than I you know, genuinely perceive it to be in order to generate clicks or, or anything like that. I, I want to give you good news, dear listeners and dear readers. The news, by and large, other than what we said in our good martini, is not good. And you know, a couple of people have said, well, you know, we don't know how many people caught it earlier and how many people are having minor, um, uh, minor cases of this. Most people aren't going to need hospitalization, so it's not that bad. Well, here's the thing. Let's go. Uh, you can quibble with the projections on this factor or that factor because every projection is trying to calculate, keep track of all kinds of factors that we just don't know right now, right? We're talking about something that's invisible. Um, so the question is the people who are getting infected right now, how strong are their immune systems? Some people are going to have very strong immune systems and be able to fight this off. Some people won't. How well will that hydroxychloroquine and, and azithromycin, pardon as I'm mangling the names <laughs> of these drugs, you know, maybe they'll work really well for lots of people. Maybe they won't. Um, we're trying to keep it away from the elderly, trying to keep it out of retirement homes and, and senior centers and, and, you know, retirement communities and all that kind of stuff. How well is that work to say? How much are, when people say they're social distancing, are they really social distancing? Or are they kind of making exceptions here and there? These are a million variables. And all of the formulas and all the graphs and charts you're seeing and all the projections are trying to account for this, but we don't know. And the whole point of like putting this information out there is that hopefully the way people behaved yesterday isn't the same way they're behaving today. And hopefully that's changing the way they behave tomorrow. So hopefully all these numbers go in the right direction soon. But it hasn't happened yet. And we're now in the neighborhood of um, last couple of days, the number of new cases each day has been between 10,000 and 20,000, uh, getting closer to 20,000. A couple of days ago, uh, somebody I respect a great deal said, God, you know, can you imagine if this gets so bad and like 10,000 people die? Well, as of this morning, we were at 2,489, you know, almost a quarter of the way there. And we are increasing. We have not yet hit peak. We have not yet seen the numbers start to go down. That could happen, to happen later today. And if it does, fantastic. Maybe we are further along in this curve than we think we are. So far, though, the evidence is not there. And I think we have to be both kind of, you know, uh, in terms of, of our government planning and our personal behavior, I think we also kind of have to be emotionally prepared for the fact that this is probably going to get worse before it gets better. Um, very ominous factors, not just in the big cities like New York and Seattle and, and Los Angeles and Chicago we've been talking about. Some of these southern cities like Atlanta and New Orleans are starting to look really ominous. The big cities at least have big hospitals, lots of doctors, and big capacity. These smaller cities are going to have smaller capacity, fewer IC units, and things like that. I'd like to say this is going to be, you know, we're, we're, we've reached the worst of it and everything's going to get better from here. But so far, the evidence doesn't point to that. And I hope we're ready for this. I think the next five weeks are going to be absolutely brutal. By that point, most people think the projections will start to get better. We'll start to have the weather on our side. But um, I think April is really going to stink. And, um, a couple of years ago, Greg, there was a book that came out, April 1865, The Month That Changed America. By the end of next month, this country may be in a very different place than it is right now, which is a deeply scary thought, Greg. 
It is because we got Dr. Fauci out there saying now he estimates somewhere between 100 and 200,000 dead from this in the United States. So we're actually at a point now where anything under 100,000 dead is probably considered a win, uh, logically. I guess the one uh, silver lining here is that the markets are not spooked, at least today, at least in the morning. <laughs> Who knows what will happen? <laughs> they the may not be day. able to get much more spooked. This, <laughs> this, this may be maximum spook right now. Could be, but they are up 500 around noon today. So, uh, you know, hopefully not freaking out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's move on to our crazy martini now, Jim. And this is kind of a double-fisted one. Let's uh, start in New York, where Bill de Blasio, and if you want a really good timeline of Bill de Blasio's performance on COVID-19, Jim wrote that up late last week, and I highly encourage you to check it out. But uh, yesterday, uh, de Blasio, furious to find out that uh, some houses of worship were not abiding by the uh, no gatherings of 10 or more. I think that's probably what it is in New York at this point. Certainly is the recommendation from the CDC. Uh, Most churches certainly are abiding by that, but apparently some aren't. And uh, instead of just saying, hey, we really need you to abide by these restrictions and there might be some penalties if you don't, de Blasio does this. Everyone has been instructed that if they see worship services going going on, uh, they will go uh, to the officials of that congregation. They'll inform them they need to stop the services and disperse. If that does not happen, they will take additional action up to the point of uh, fines and potentially uh, closing the building permanently. So yeah, Jim, uh, shutting down houses of worship permanently if they defy him right now. I'm pretty sure there's a First Amendment which would uh, run contrary to that in the long run. But as you also point out, uh, over in Rhode Island, uh, Governor Gina Raimondo, a Democrat, is on the warpath looking for New Yorkers. Uh, according to the Providence Journal, with support from the Rhode Island National Guard, local police officers set out on Saturday to identify New York State residents and local neighborhoods and provide face-to-face notification about newly imposed quarantine requirements for visitors from the Empire State. Basically, they've got a quarantine for 14 days. So I guess we're going to have a little bit of a feud here between New York and, uh, and Rhode Island, Jim. But uh, what do you make of what's going on there and what's going on in de Blasio's head? I'll start with uh, de Blasio. Uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has not gotten absolutely everything wrong about the coronavirus since this crisis began, but he seems to be trying to. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty bad. The entirety of the timeline is there. And I actually, by the end of it, I felt bad for de Blasio because clearly he's not a virologist. He's not an immunologist. He's clearly repeating what people were telling him, but what they were telling him was it can't be spread through by casual contact. And he continued that line well into March when it was pretty clear amongst not just Chinese doctors, as I did in that previous timeline, but U.S. doctors knew about that point, yeah, you could get this through casual contact. Somebody sneezes, they use a doorknob, your hand goes on that doorknob, suddenly you're getting it, uh, that, that sort of thing. But regarding this one, I've been thinking about this probably from, you know, from early on, that this was, you know, when you talk about social distancing, religious services, the desire to get together and, you know, ask for God's blessings, ask for God's mercy, you know, whatever your faith, whatever your denomination, this is one of the things that people are going to turn to and need the most at a time like this. If you have a duty to restrict this kind of of gathering, 
I really think it's important to treat people with a kind of, you know, with enormous amount of respect. I'm not a, I'm not in law enforcement. I've never had to confront these sorts of situations, but if you don't want say a Waco style situation, and by the way, all the after action reviews of Waco said that one of the major reasons Waco turned out as badly as it did is that those who were attempting to enforce the law and the people inside did not understand each other in the slightest, didn't understand how the other people side thought, didn't understand how the other side, you know, priorities were. So if you have to, you know, shut down some, if you're trying to shut down somebody's religious service, First of all, I should point out that there was a fascinating uh, report last night on the local news about a local church that had gone to an abandoned, uh, looked like either a, a farm, and they were talking about possibly moving to an old drive-in movie theater. And everybody, they held services, they had loudspeakers, and everybody came in their car. And it was basically drive-in movie style church. Everybody just drove in. Nobody was interacting with each other. And when the time came to um, say amen or, or to respond, they honked their horns. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit funny, but it was kind of like, okay, this is a workaround. This is a way for people to get together as a community to practice their faith, but not put each other at risk of the virus. I hope if you're in law enforcement and you're in this situation, I hope you treat with the people who you're dealing with with respect. And maybe one of the good ways is to say to the spiritual leader who you want to not have this gathering, let us pray together at a distance <laughs> and pray for God's wisdom. And to make clear you're not doing this because you don't approve of the spiritual practice, because you hate the people in the, the religion or, or anything like that. You're doing this because you want to save lives. And do so more in a tone of imploring them, right? And you, you are tr try to come across as an ally because you want to help save the lives of the parishioners or the congregation or, or whatever term is, is, best, uh, is best faithful there. Bill de Blasio has stirred up so much ill will towards so many people in New York with his arrogance and his, the way he treats other people, the way he believes the rules don't apply to him. Um, I am not surprised that he is responding the way that he is and he is... Um, exactly the wrong kind of person to run around and make these kinds of statements. This, this is one of those things where you should be seeing the faith leaders as potential allies because they can amplify the message you want to get to the faithful if you treat them the right way. If you, treat, if you go into it like an enemy and get everybody, I'll shut you down if you don't do as I say. How exactly do you think spiritual leaders are going to react to something like that? As for Governor Raimondo in Rhode Island, uh, it is worth noting that she eventually rescinded the one telling people to go, telling the National Guard and local law enforcement to go house to house looking for New York license plates in the driveway and telling people that they had to stay quarantined. And she replaced it with one that applied to anyone from out of state. So, so it did not get any better. No, it did not get any, uh, you know, get any less uh, draconian in the enforcement. There is a role for the U.S. National Guard uh, and every state's National Guard in disaster preparedness. This is probably one of the things that they are best at. I cannot conceive that the best use of the Rhode Island National Guard right now is to go around looking for license plates for out, in driveways that are out of state and knocking on the door. I, I just you, know, you can build hospitals, you can, you can supplement staff in other vital responses to the coronavirus. I don't think this, and you know, yes, by the way, for people who are wondering if it's legal, uh, under Posse Comitatus, yes, the U.S. National Guard can assist U.S. law enforcement for these sorts of things. But even people who've done this, if you go back to the, the U.S. National Guard response or the National Guard response in Louisiana, in New Orleans after Katrina, you don't want these people running around carrying rifles. You do not want people having the perception that this is some sort of martial law that has kicked in. Um, that only stirs up panic. And I'm trying to think of something that is less productive and less helpful at this moment than to send around members in military uniforms knocking on people's door, asking to see their papers of legal residence to prove that they reside in the state. Um, 
I, I'm t- sick and tired of people telling me the conservatives and Republicans are all these, you know, f- you know, wannabe fascists or something like that. Governor Raimondo is a Democrat. She's a good progressive in good standing. Take a long, hard look at this, Democrats, and realize you're every bit as capable of being crazy and power hungry in a crisis as anybody else. And then just finally, um, the other thing they're doing is they're stopping out-of-state license plates on the highways. People who can look at a map will recognize that Rhode Island is, one of, is the smallest state in the country. My guess is that most states that are on the highways that have out-of-state license plates are probably going in between Connecticut and Massachusetts or other states. So I think by making state troopers stop people with out-of-state license plates, you're exposing them to potential people more. Um, this strikes me as an insane way to respond to this crisis. It's probably the, the worst possible thing you could do to reassure the public. Um, and I just hope voters remember this, but who kept a cool head in a crisis and who flipped out and turned into little wannabe dictators uh, as moment, the moment things got tough. Usually when someone asks for your papers, we jokingly do it in a German accent. Do we have to do it now in a Kennedy accent or a uh, Peter Griffin <laughs> accent for, for New yeah. England? Show me the papers. I, I've heard people saying that, you know, Rhode Island accent is a little Italian, you know, uh, obviously a great number of Portuguese uh, settled there. So if people have good tips on how to do a good Rhode Island accent, uh, I'm all ears. So, yeah. <laughs> I think Seth MacFarlane has that market cornered, but uh, yeah. well, somebody said she apparently seems to think that the uh, the average Rhode Island resident is Peter Griffin. We are not saying that, but uh, anyway, Jim, on a, on a more sober note, uh, we do have a champagne toast today. Didn't mention it at the top, but I think a lot of folks know that over the weekend, former Oklahoma doctor, congressman, and senator Tom Coburn passed away after a long battle with cancer. He was elected in the wave of 1994, the Republican Revolution. Promised to serve three terms, and unlike some of his classmates, he actually honored that uh, pledge and got out after three terms. Then he ran for Senate in 2004, won in 2004, got reelected in 2010, but then uh, retired before finishing that term due to his health and some other reasons. But uh, Tom Coburn is being remembered in a lot of different ways. Uh, He's being remembered by the mainstream media as Dr. No because of all the legislation that he blocked. And I think a lot of good conservatives would say, well, most legislation is not that great. And so uh, if there's a way to, to block it and it's uh, restricting their rights or unconstitutional, good for him. But he was uh, also a guy who was out there on the leading edge of a number of debates. He was a staunch uh, pro-life uh, legislator. And probably most uh, effectively and most prominently, he was uh, a warrior against wasteful spending and the debt and huge deficits. Uh, ultimately, government just kept growing, but uh, he was a voice for, for responsibility. And uh, it's one that we as conservatives uh, honor and one we will miss, I think. Yeah, I, I missed him when he left office. I, we will miss him even more now that he has left this earth. Uh, he actually joined us on, I think, the 2012 National Review Cruise, the, the transatlantic one. Did interviews with Jay Nordlinger. I didn't get a chance to interact with him too much on that one. But uh, just, you know, your, your classic Rockwood conservative. I was struck by this, Greg, wasn't Dr. Noah supposed to be Ron Paul's nickname? I think so. You'd think the snarky New York Times folks would, would come up with more than one nickname for people who want to, you know, oh, eliminate pork and, and wasteful spending from the budget. How dare he? Um, but yeah, he was a, a good fighter on this. I think I you know, made a kind of couple of passing references to him in the Weed Agency novel uh, as among the handful of members of Congress who were not trying to figure out how to bring more stuff back to their district, but recognizing that this was uh, there was a lot of federal spending that simply didn't serve any useful point and it could be cut without making any significant difference in the lives of millions of Americans. He would very much will be missed. He was a, the interesting thing is, I, if I remember correctly, he got along fairly well with, uh, uh, with former President Barack Obama. Um, yeah, he was good not really a bomb thrower. He was not a guy who, he stood by his principles. He, he you know, stood up for what he believed in, but he didn't alienate people 
who saw things differently. He did generally treat people with a great deal of respect and uh, uh, behave with a great deal of honesty and integrity. So um, Senator Corburn, Coburn, you will be missed for a very long time. Absolutely right. We could use a lot more like him in Washington. Our condolences to his family. Uh, Jim, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Glad we had some good news today and a chance to uh, pay tribute to a great public servant, but uh, also some some challenging times ahead. So uh, we march on to the rest of the week. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please do subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a kind review. Also, don't forget, you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. And please, above all, join us on Tuesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.